Yeah, Vex the Vortex Part Two, Boogie Monsters. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. Essen. What up? What Everything's up? good, man. I'm blessed, man. Rolling with the punches. You know, I got my Vaseline on. I'm just. All right. All right. Stick and move. Yeah, you know I me. Mean? Stick and move, Bobby Weave. Stick and move, Bobby Weave. Little rope a dope on him. Bop. Yeah. Little Roy Jones. Little Roy Jones on him. Sugar, right. sugar Ray. Little Sugar Ray. Okay. <laughs> so. Thank you for joining us again, man. We chopped it up before, and and um, we got into a lot of stuff, but you know we barely scratched the surface. So we we coming back. We're gonna freestyle. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna jump around a bit. We're gonna talk some um, some history. Some you know. Please ask some questions. If you want to ask questions, please use the um, questions feature below. There's um, a question mark there. That way we can pull them up. And please, for the love of God, please don't ask. <laughs> When's the next album coming out? Like, try to ask anything, <laughs> but please. All right, that's all. I, that's all I ask. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna answer but, that. Yeah. I'm gonna answer that anyway at the end. To <laughs> that, so that's that's one question answered already. So, um, so yeah, we're just gonna jump around, and have a good time, man. So, um, one thing I wanted to go to though was the, back to the second album real quick. Yeah. Um, because we just had my man Domingo on the show, and so I. I just want to, I want to know how you linked up with him. How, how you know what I'm saying? Because we didn't really talk about we talked about the fuckery that was happening around God's sound, and yeah. it's still coming out in spite of that. And you know, just coming out and you know, like you said, you were glad you had a second album under your belt. But um, we didn't talk, talk about the actual production and some of the, the joints on there. So um, how'd you link up with Domingo? Well, Domingo was kind of like connected to us through Derek, Derek L. A. Jackson, another one of my people. You know what I mean? So. Um, in the culmination of like building things the first time around, there was a lot of um, producers that came in through RPM, Rush Producers Management, which is where Derek was at, and also our manager, Francesca Sparrow, rest in peace, you know what I mean? So they was up there, and we would go up there, I think I might have mentioned this to you, and there'd be like this drawer with all these cassette tapes. So at the time, the names on the cassette tapes was like Large Professor, uh, The Neptunes, uh, some roots tapes were flying around, like stuff was in their drawer. We would go in there and look around to see like what type of other artists were around, like while we were trying to get signed and get get on or whatever. So um basically, uh Domingo was also in that collection of producers that Rush Pro producer management kinda had a network with. We had a chance to listen to music that people never heard from these artists, may never hear, you know, stuff that was kind of put on production tapes back in the day, almost like demos, but they be beats, you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, it was one of the blessings and one of the sweet spots of like getting signed and getting on because you got to hear these these, these tracks, you know, you got the top level producers, you got Rockwaller, you got Domingo, uh, my man Casper was in the mix. Uh, just so many names, bro, that are greats now and like really contribute to this, this, this 50 years of hip hop in their own way, they all contributed. So Domingo was one of the names. Um, him and Mondo really had a cool connection, you know what I mean? So I think the Mondo grabbed him in on the beginning of the end, like, we need a track for this, you know what I mean? And... You know, Domingo got the ear for these ill, like, little uh, yeah. bite, sound bites of just craziness, you know what I mean? Oh, no, like, I really good stuff. We freestyled it. I told you. We, I told you we freestyled oh, yeah. <laughs> I told you we freestyled. That's good stuff. Living in these last days and times. 
Time check yourself and what you feed your mind. I know you can't be blind living in the future. Revelations 13. New World Order. Illuminati type cats running around here. Yo, you know what it is. I got all the getting weaponry like the seven seal. Y'all we send me sound waves. Let you feel. Hail of fire, a burning mountain is on. And one line, the third of earth, the waters are gone. Check my vocal. More hotter than sun in Acapulco. One with demons through these sweaters make me get better. I spit a star into space. It's smite the moon and sun. How many worthy of heaven? No, not one. Throw the devil in the bottomless pit. Judgment begin. Angels from the Euphrates kill a third of his men. Then I change form, busting in up normal type tactics, flipping styles like acrobatics. So who can do what he do? Flip a style is free too, with more fat, formless techniques than T2. See through fallacy with my X-ray vision, wrecking more raps inside my derby than demolition. Switching vision inside the trap. I'm beyond critical mass. Build the political blast back. It's the POW in the lyric proof jacket. My quicker spray ricochet. They rack it out my bracket from the attic of the boogie monster shack. It's the revolutionary black old sun on the tech. Yo, bring it back, yo. Bring it mm. back. Mm. Matter of fact, mm. a lot of cats be rapping, but they whack. Counterattack from the ultra black. Boogie monster purple tape, cause it's all that. Yeah, with Jay Dilla on the hat, cause I rap and I snap back when I'm coming with the freestyle. Like, black, it's all that. They know it's fat. Yo, Vex the Vortex, right in exact on the map. Shout out to Buster. Yeah, we caught the award to keep sharpening the sword, represent the Lord. Yeah, Ja Almighty, Comfy Chant, Vex the Vortex, Alaskan Yard, Comfy Rock. Yeah, you know what it is when we Comfy Rock the Biz. They try to lock down my masters. It's a disaster. Lock them in with plaster. I'm moving faster. I can't hear the track, but still, I am a master. When I lock it down, profound, I've got the sound. Yo, G O D, S O U N D, yo, capital V, little E, capital X, little D, capital A, little V, O R to the T, capital. E, little X, vegetable sex, yeah, the black old sun. Pick up the mic and catch wreck, rip it to circuits, you know I work it, the mic jerk it. Yeah, cats calling me soft, you step off, you know what it is. Hip-hop biz, 50 years, they acted shifty. Cats in the biz, they got it nifty, cliffed me, but I'm still flying up in the sky, got my wings like an angel. You know the guy, it's vegetable sex, boogie monsters worldwide. Come inside, you know the vibe, gotta ride with a brother, no other. Saying a solo, Vex the Vortex. Call me Vex Dolo. What? We can stop right there. Off the easy. Dang! Wow. From the most high, straight to the audience out there. What's up? Hip-hop headquarters, I see you. Thank I see you. Thank Delilah, peace. Yep. What's up? Out in Brooklyn, my, my Brooklyn fam. Delilah out there. <laughs> Joey Baldwin, the DJ. Woo! I see you, fam. I didn't get to do this last year. <laughs> history right there y'all just witnessed yo wow hey yo thanks for the uh follow uh neltron 8000 i saw that i saw that appreciate that wow okay um where do we go from here okay <laughs> um yeah got a question for you bro um jesus uh, i gotta i gotta regroup for me let me hit this uh, hold on man i gotta i gotta i gotta just i gotta regroup i think hold on man i Plug, you just missed it, man. You just missed it. Got, yo, okay. One time for him, yo, hit the L. Vex rocked the bells like LL back in 87. Vex the Vortex, I got the bread that's on 11. Take the rounds of heaven on the Dilla track. Yeah, Illa track. 
chocolate, strawberry, vanilla tracks. I got the flavor, so tell your neighbor. I rock it like this, they can't enslave us. Brother, I represent God. I'm like Moses with his rod. Don't got to act harder with my squad or not. Be more blocks, it's hot like blah, blah, blah. Cats stepping with glocks, you know it's hot to sell rocks. Make money, it ain't funny. They got us in the situation, trying to lock down the black nation. Yo, I got patience and wisdom coming through. Sparkinism is my man. Tony Holloway, rock it like this, like that. Yo, they gotta follow. Why? We got the hip hop 50 in the place. Rocking on the treble and bass from the face. It's the Vex the Vortex, more flex. Timberland, lock me down in Kevlar Vortex. Uh. Whoa, okay. All right. Damn. Damn. Okay, we might do part three. <laughs> All right, let's, 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 we'll get back to actually talk. Well, you were, you were talking. All right. Um, all right, so that that shows that's the Domingo connect from the, as far as the, the first the first joint. Have you um, did you do anything else with him at all, or just that just that? Yeah, joint? just the beginning and the end, and it's "Behold the Pale Horse." I'm not sure if you're familiar with that song. It's well, yeah, I mean, I'm off, off of any other projects or just just that project right there. Yeah, just that project for the most part. Yeah, man. Yo, so you mentioned it, so in the DM just casually mentioned um, like Puffy had a got a demo of yours or some shit. Like what? explain yeah you know i mean he didn't get it it was like in the process of shopping we crossed paths you know what i mean this was so, back when he was with uptown or when was this he, way back puffy, so yeah he this, was is, puffy. this is a, some classic what was it yeah this is some classic era type stuff so puffy was just kind of transitioning from that situation with harrell and he had the bad boy offices and it was just open you know what i mean so the way it worked out is I was trying to network. I also do graphics and art and draw, paint. You know, I was originally like an art student, you know what I mean? So I was all in the art before I really like took music as, a, you know, trying to take music on as a career. So I met a young lady named Sybil who was like either an assistant or an exec, some, something like that up at Bad Boy. And they needed a logo. You know, the little dude with the hat on backwards, the boots was like the overall theme. And they were just checking out art from different artists. So. I met her. She saw like one of my portfolios or whatever. She's like, yo, I, I like your art. You might have a chance of, you know, doing a logo. This logo's going to go places. So I say you put something in. I'm like, all right, I'll come up to the office or something. So I bring, I bring the boogie monsters. I bring the squad. You know what I mean? So it's like a bad boy has no artists. You know what I mean? We walk in. It's like this one long hallway. And then one door is cats playing CeeLo. Blah, blah, <laughs> blah. In the office, I'm like, bro. Yo, y'all need to go be doing your jobs and getting all these phones. Nah, I don't want to divulge too much, but yeah, that, that was my, my impression, the real hip-hop impression of this is I look to my right and bow. These cats is, you know, throwing, throwing bones. So um, I see, you know, the person I need to see, they're like, okay, you know, um, Puff will be in momentarily or whatever. So, you know, I go out in the hallway. and Sometimes when I'm nervous or I'm just a little edgy, I'll just start rhyming. You know what I mean? I'll freestyle or whatever. So I'm out in the hallway freestyling. Bye, bye. So as I'm rhyming in my peripheral, I see somebody like pass through the hallway and go in the door. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, bop, 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 bop. It's just, you know, it don't really break my concentration. I can rhyme through somebody talking. I can rhyme through people screaming. I can rhyme. You know what I mean? So person goes through the hallway and backs back up and they like looked at me. You know what I'm saying? So then I turn to look at them and they like, you got a demo tape? <laughs> like, yeah, because, you know, everywhere I went at that time, I had to have my demo tape. You know, going to dinner, I got my demo tape. 
movies, them demo tape. That's how it was back then. Like that's the culture. If you wanted to get on, you never know when the opportunity might present itself for you to get your music to somebody. Yeah, I got my tapes. So like, okay, come in the office. So here I am sitting across from Puff. You know what I mean, got like one of his assistants sitting next to him at like a you know a chair next to his desk, and they're just looking at me. <laughs> like, I right, give us the stuff. Bob, I give him the stuff. Plays like thirty seconds of the person. And I noticed he's like vibing off the samples because like our, our demo had like these really classic samples like as our foundation for all of the tracks. Teddy Pendergrass, Marvin Gaye, we would chop up like elements from, from Tribe, like the drums from Vibe or whatever and throw that in it, try to make things chunky, you know what I mean? Um, so he was just vibing off the samples. He played like 30 seconds of each track. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. He's looking at the kid like, yo, he's wrecking. I'm mic checking. So he don't want to stop it, but he only got so many, so much time in his day. He got to pop it off. Pop. 30 seconds. Okay, I wreck him. This kid's nice. Pops it out, gives it back to me. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. So what's the verdict? You know what I mean? Yo, y'all sound a little bit like DOS effects. You know what I mean? A little, little bit. You know what I mean? What's up with that? So, you know, DOS effects were our, our um, classmates they went to virginia state as well which is the school we all met you know collectively as the four at was virginia state so um they actually performed at a talent show in richmond where eric sermon and them came down they like checking out talent and they found us effects and ended up putting them in with the death squad so just years prior they were out you know what i mean so i guess we was just a virginia state vibe petersburg virginia that's where we all was rocking at and at the time there was mm. a lot of people who were making a migration and they say it's the biggest migration in American history where people came down from the north and were going to schools, living out in the counties of Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Like it's the urban migration, like out of the cities and into like, you know, the counties, the country and all that, suburbs and all that. So a lot of New York people at the school and, you know, just popping off at ciphers at school, I would be like around the tough guys, you know, the lynch mob, this cat, this cat. Cats like it was really like in the streets, in the streets. So like, yo, come here, yo. Throw me in the sight. Like, yo, listen to this kid, yo. Listen, yo, Rob, yo. Rob, yo. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be like, all right, let me speak. No audio. Hold tight. There we go. Yeah, so, so you're like, yeah, this kid's all right. This kid's all right. You know, he's good. You know what I mean? So, in turn, we just started, I started catching burn. You know what I mean? The group started catching burn. So, it was just that. So Diddy's like, yeah, y'all sound like them. Well, it's a Virginia State, Virginia State thing, I guess. You know what I mean? The rest of the cats is out of the office. It's just me and him. So um, he's like, like uh, yeah, I'm looking for something a little more street, man. You know what I mean? I like it, but I'm just looking for something with more of an edge. You know what I mean? It turns out when we dropped, Craig Mack dropped around the same time. You know what I mean? And it's like, he was, he was almost like, we, we came out, and then it was like, bang. It was like almost Diddy like popped out on me, you know what I mean? And then at the hip hop convention for that year down at Howard, I see him across the campus. He sees me and he walks over to me like, pounds me up. Like, like oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? This cat is kind of big right now. He's doing big things and he didn't have to really acknowledge me. So I respected that. But yeah, you got some of my sauce, bro. Cut me that check. Call a bro. I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I need that, fam. 
right? <laughs> you funny. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, um, yo, yo, go back. We never went back to it. You mentioned it in the last bill we had um, briefly. <laughs> like your dad took you to to Death Jam when you were nine or some shit. And, 14, 14, 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, like, what? what Going to that, but what was that all about? Because you, you mentioned it, and then we got into something else and never came back to it. You can hear me? Yeah. Yeah, so I was rhyming, started rhyming when I was nine. You know what I mean? I was listening to music out on Fort Meade. You know what I mean? I'm an Army brat, so Fort Meade was where my dad was stationed, where I had to be. You know, Army bases are basically like these little enclaves of uh, people of all cultures and races smashed onto a little area somewhere in America with the fence around it. In your state, somewhere near you is an army base. And on that army base are soldiers and their families with their own manicured yards and lots and all this stuff. You know what I mean? And it uh, turns out a lot of people who are in hip-hop have some background in military. Either they were soldiers, their family was in the military, uh, somebody uh, showed me a video the other day, and I was, if, if it's all legit, I was just like, wow. You know what I mean? And I think it's something about doors, like special doors. You always know there's some doors out there because you're on the Army-based perspective. You know there's doors out there that may not be accessible to all. And, the, and labels in the music industry is a, lot, are, is a lot like that. There's doors that aren't accessible to all. So that whole Army-based thing kind of sewed that up, you know what I mean, and made people kind of, I guess, give them focus and tunnel vision to, go and try to find those label doors too just like on the army base you got to get on you got to show your id you got to have a pass you got to do this and that so the soldiers don't think you're just trying to run on the base like there's protocols and all of that so um after that once i got to 14 i was already like making tapes what i would do is i would take old records play the sample record it on one tape deck pause it so I'll get the break not always the break sometimes it's a sweet spot Boom. I catch it, pause it, take the record back, let it lay, you know, I'll be watching the record spin however many rotations or watching that little logo go around, catch it at the beginning again. Do that for like two, three minutes of worth of music on the tape. Then I'll take this other tape back at a, you know, the Fisher or some special joint where you could plug the mic in or plug in a set of headphones even, hit record over here, play this tape back, have that joint banging, you know what I mean? Sounding like actual master quality music, but the loop is almost like a splice on a two-inch, on a two-inch reel, you know, in a bigger studio, but you're just doing it on a little thin cassette tape joint, high bias or whatever, because, you know, you got high bias and low bias. Low bias is like uh, not as much noise pay more for that tape. High bias got mad noise. We got to talk about bias too later. But um, so yeah, after all of that, I'm locking down songs. My dad, I tell my dad, y'all want to go to Def Jam. I want to be an artist. You know what I mean? That's how much I was into hip hop, bro. After hearing UTFO, Roxanne, Shantae, Fizz, you know, all these cats coming out when I was in ninth grade, you know, Jungle Brothers had hit, which is a little bit later after this, this era of going to Def Jam. But anyway, I'm like, dad, take me to Def Jam. Sean, what are you talking about? What is Def Jam? Like, it's a label. It just came out. They got artists like Run DMC, about like, whatever. I don't know about nothing about this. I'm like, can you manage me? No, <laughs> I don't know nothing about this, Sean. I've been in the military for 20 years, you know. 
I don't know. This, that's what I, I can't. I'll take you. You know what I mean? You know, him being a loving father, he took me. It was on Elizabeth Street. You know what I mean? I'm thinking Manhattan. So go up there and everybody's looking at me like, what? Why are you here? Like, yeah, I want to rhyme. I want to rap. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to be in hip hop. Like, yo, we don't know what to do with you, bro. Like, yeah, kick something. You know, Kenny Lee, which was like one of, uh, was, was one of Russell's good friends, took me down into the basement. I could see like old real machines they weren't using and whatnot. He takes me down there with my pops. Okay, do something. I spit for him. <laughs> he like, yo, you good. But we don't know what to do with you. Come back when you're like 18 or something. Keep grinding. Keep doing your music. You know, he's breaking my heart when he's telling me this. But, yeah, basically was like, yeah, keep doing it. Come back. And that's what I did, bro. Once I got the group together, I'm like, yo, come on, y'all. We're going to Def Jam. So that's one of the places we ended up shopping our, our demo as well was at Def Jam. At Def Jam, that was that was Def Jam. Def Jam had a, a chokehold on the industry for a minute as well. I mean, let's just keep it on. I mean, like, Def Jam, Def Jam had, a, like, a grip on this motherfucker. It's a headlock, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. Like, and in the B-boy and in the B-boy stance, but headlock like, Ugh. get over here. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're getting out yeah. of it. Def Jam had Where? locked down like for for a good minute, man. Like heavy from the, and they covered a lot of areas too. Like it wasn't just it was, it, they had the commercial shit locked down. They had street shit. They had you know like crossover street shit. Like uh, you know they had. Anytime they showed Russell, he was on the phone, bro. I remember just seeing him in magazines. They would talk about him. He had a little article. And he's just always on this phone. The phone was, like, connected to his head, bro. Never saw him without the phone. It was it was an iconic image of him with that phone, man, just handling business, handling business. And that's what he was doing, I guess, branching out into production, branching out into videos, you know, getting clothing and fashion together. All of that was just on Snap at the moment. So you're right. So um, we go in. There's a dude at the at the um, at the front. Big dude. Guess what his name was? Mm. Monster. <laughs> Monster. If you out there, much love, bro. He's he's one of the reasons we were able to get on. You know what I mean? Hold up, yo. Who are y'all? Y'all signed? Like, nah, we gonna be though. Who are you? The Boogie Monster. The Boogie Monster. Hey, whatever. He's like, look over here. So he points over here, and it's like a bag of tapes. He's like, yeah, everybody got tapes right now, bro. Everybody got demos. You see this? This is just stuff that people want to heard. They be mailing this stuff up here every day, bro. What makes you think you're going to just waltz up in here and somebody going to listen to your stuff? Like, he gave us the real deal. He's also acting as security, you know what I'm saying? He's holding the door. Like, come on, monster. You know what I mean? We came from VA. I'm saying we left school early. I don't got my degree yet. My parents is probably confused about what I'm doing with my life, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? You pleading a monster. You know, Q-tip comes in. <laughs> Goes inside, straight inside or whatever. Like, wow, this is crazy. I, I remembered the address from when I was 14, bro. I went back when I was like 18, 19. So it was the same at the time. It changed, but it was the same at the time. And that's how we got in. So anyway, we, we have nowhere to go. You know, we had did the show at, at Howard. Won some money, got our demo together. You know, we was sometimes crashing in the car to do studio time. Like, we was all out, like, we're going to do this. You know what I mean? Like, putting everything on the line, everything. All of our livelihood was at risk of not getting a deal and just having to try to retread life, go back to school or whatever. So anyway, Monster finally, after three or four days of us coming up there and just leaning on the joint, like, really him getting to see how cool we were, you know what I mean? Bro, I'm going to let y'all run. 
hope this don't get my fam in trouble. You know what I mean? Oh, ain't no bad blood. Because, you know, this is something between us and, us and him. So let y'all run. Go ahead. Boom. We go. Everybody got a tape. Like, I got a tape. Mondo got a tape. Yoda Red got a tape. Mantra got a tape. You know what I mean? First door out the walk in, I think if I remember right, it's Chris Lighty. He had Violator. <laughs> like, bro, I'm from the Boogie Boss. This is my bio. We had like all our stuff taped, uh, typed up with our picture or whatever on it. You know what I mean? We had a little press kit. You know what I mean? And then tape. He plays it. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm busy over here. I got JDs. I got Tribe. I got Buster Browns. I got, he's hot. You know I mean? All right. Thanks, bro. <laughs> he's real cool. Rest in peace to Chris, man. Real cool dude. A pioneer, cornerstone of hip hop. You know what I mean? I remember seeing him in the Jungle Brothers videos. You know, with add on like Just Ice Hat or whatever. Oh, like, oh shit, Damn. iconic dude. Man. So anyway, we go in all these different offices. We bust in one office. Who's sitting there? Run DMC. <laughs> yo, who are y'all? You know what I mean? Like, yo, we the Boogie Monsters. Yeah, you like? What's the Boogie Monsters about? Well, you know. They always try to say to the young black adults and the black men, the spooks, we this, we that, boogeymen, whatever, whatever, the stuff under the bed, all of these jargons and stigma. So we the boogie monsters, you know what I mean? We coming out with some positivity and some and some real music behind a name that's been stigmatized and flipping it, you know, kind of like the N-word, you know what I mean? We kind of was like putting a spin on boogeyman or whatever. So we had the little logo with the guy running with the bag, everybody loves, you know what I mean? And they're like, all right, play us your stuff. If they go to hit play, who walks in? Russ. Russell. <laughs> He's spot on, bro. Russell walks in. Hey, did I sign you guys? <laughs> like, nah, but you will. Uh, nah, I don't know. Not today. We got a meeting. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. <laughs> like, Russ, let's play a couple more tracks for running them. You know what I mean? He played a couple more tracks. They, it was digging us. As a matter of fact, I seen him at Green Acres in Queens. Like later on down the line, and they recognized me, I recognized them. It's crazy, bro, just to be a part of the culture at that time. It had to happen, you know what I mean? Another crazy story. I got all types of stories. I hopefully you got some more time for stuff. But anyway, you, play, you know what I mean? Hey, hold on, man. Let me frame this, man. You got so many stories, you can keep it moving so quick. <laughs> like, you played tr tracks for Run DMC. Brian DMC. I don't think Jam Master J was in the room. I can't remember. Somebody was in the back, but you know, I'm 50, man. I'm, I'm hip hop years old. <laughs> Somebody was there. I don't think it was Jay, though. You know that's, I mean? dog, that's dog years and hip hop years. That's like you're really like 786. I was born into it, man. When I was born, it was the cat, the cat, the cat, the cat, cat. You know what I mean? Hip hop years. They're definitely are. So, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, we we end up playing it for Run and Russell, you know what I mean? They liked it. You know, Russ is all about business. He's about his meeting. Guys, you got to go. Forget about it. Hit the pipe. <laughs> He's like, thank you, man. Thank you for just letting us play it. We go to the next office, and this is where we meet Fran and Derek. Fran Sparrow, rest in peace, Derek Jackson. He's still around. Matter oh, of fact, so he's doing big you thing. Out, of, out of the conference room, not out of Def Jam. Yeah, they just kicked us out of their little meeting room. Okay. They didn't remove us from the office. Good, you're good still, question. You're still moving. You're still bobbing. I'm moving. I'm bobbing, man. I'm rope with them. Bob, bob, bob. Yeah, bob. You, lost, you lost a little life off your, off your shit, you know what I mean? But you, you're still there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I lost a little bar. <laughs> and went back up a little bit. I'm still alive. I'm in the game. All right. All right. So we slide. I slide. Everybody kind of think I convened in this last office and had RPM out on the door, if I remember. And it's like below it. Rush, rush producer management. So Russ was making a big move, and that's where those tapes that I mentioned come from. It's an office solely for producers to kind of send their demos. 
which is good for producers, you know, at that time because if they had all their songs mixed in with people with rhymes and DJs and those type of demos, it kind of like convolutes everything or it'd be hard to go through these tapes and really organize, you know. I imagine they went through a lot of those tapes at the front desk to find stars, you know what I mean? Maybe some people got signed out of that pile of stuff that would come in day after day in the front of Def Jam, you know what I mean? I think it's once there's probably some history there, you know what I mean? So, by them having an enclave called RPM to produce this stuff, the Neptunes, Large Professor, Domingo, uh, who else, man? Who you else? Said, so many greats. Say that again? Rockwaller. Rockwaller, you know what I mean? It was a bunch of people, Casper, a lot of people, you know what I mean? So, um, we go in there, we meet Fran and Derek. We're like, we kind of, you know, they, they like it. They like the music. They sold on it. They liked the demo. You know what I mean? Everybody liked the demo. I don't think one person was like it was whack. You know what I mean? So um, they're like, what you, what do you guys want? You know what I mean? Like, we want a record deal, but we kind of need management too. You know what I mean? And boom, they, they, they worked with us. They tried to, you know, set up, set up an agreement with us so they could manage us, but they also wanted to produce us. And we were a producing group. You know, we were used to sampling now we want to just get in a bigger studio and kind of transfer our sound directly onto the tapes for the industry and for hip-hop culture to hear if we were going to be in the industry you know what i mean but they wanted, they wanted to kind of like have a slice of that pie you know what i mean and to artists you see his face <laughs> he's like oh, oh. Yeah, we, yeah because we know what that means right we know what the next step is like they're they're molding you for what they want you to be so like that because that's that beat Whatever you're rapping over there, you know, the next is gonna be like, well, you gotta wear this and, and do right. this and, and 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 put this on. Right. And don't get me wrong, they're good people. They were good people. And it wasn't like they scraped us and sent us through yeah. some, some real trying situations. They was they were real when they with their love for hip hop. Uh friends connected to so many great people. Coogee rap, Big Daddy Kane. She ended up working for, for Puff later on down the line after this all happened with Def Jam or whatever. Just she was she was a uh uh, like a pivotal person in hip hop at the time, um, for whatever reason. So um, they decided, you know, give us a management slash production deal. And in a way, it's a it's a conflict of interest. You know, if you're gonna manage a group and take a slice for that, and then you go into the situation where the labels, you know, checking out the demos or stuff that you're recording to get the album done, and they're sending the changes that they want back, it has to go through them as well. And you know, it got a little swampy at times, honestly. And I don't want to take anything away from Riders of the Storm or God Sound or Riders of the Storm because that's the one album that, you know, this situation was the way it was. It was a great album, and I don't want y'all to lose any love for it by hearing a backstory or anything, you know what I mean? So I won't say too much. But, you know, there was times where we had to kind of step back, and Derek would go in and just lock, lock down sounds, bring in bassists, bring in drummers bringing on, you know, guys good with the SP. And, in fact, Domingo might have been one of those people who came in at on the first album, possibly, and was, was banging things out. Again, I'm Hip Hop 50. You know what I'm saying? Forgive me if I don't get everything per perfectly accurate. You know what I'm saying? I got the grades. You know, cut the president some slack. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, um, you know, um, with that in mind, also talking about publishing real quick, samples can be very, very, very expensive. Back then, y'all saw Dez get slapped, you know, the whole album he basically looked, took a, a huge L on because the people who he sampled came back and wanted royalties and mechanicals and publishing for you know uh, samples he used. So um, sampling, let's say Quincy Jones, you got to encounter Joe Bet Music, which is the publishing company behind the music at uh, 
for a lot of Quincy Jones songs, let's say. And I think I'm pretty sure that's correct. So um, they want they want dough. You know, we had a little Slick Rick sample and Slick Rick one. You know, it's Slick Rick, the ruler, the king. He wants three thousand dollars for one point five seconds. Like, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to hear something you've never heard before, $3,000 out the budget, you know what I mean? So a lot of stuff we had to pull away, or we would go in and kind of use it as inspiration and then build something around that same sort of aesthetic and cadence and vibe, you know what I mean, with the samples that we loved. <clears throat> so in that, you know, um, Fran and Derek were sort of pivotal there, and some of the things they did improved what we did, and some of the things we went to bump heads about. You know what I mean? The voice changing on Old Man Jake as well, it kind of freaked me out. I wasn't in that session, you know what I mean? <laughs> when, they, when they did the altering of the voice and all that. So when it came back to me, I'm like, yo, uh, this wasn't the real intent of the song. I like the song as me and Mondo's voices just being these characters and rhyming as Old Man Jacob and the Kid. Putting the voice on it kind of feels dark and weird, and this, that wasn't my intent, you know what I mean? But People loved it. Everybody that played it, they played it for the label. It was a rap. I don't think I could even argue about it, man. No, we're going to use this. It's amazing. I'm surprised the video didn't come out for that song. I, think I, it, I am too. I am too. It, it, yeah. And, you know, I, I've, I've done a, um, I've tried to do this thing where, like, I, I, like I've talked to artists, older artists that had dope joints that didn't do videos and encouraged them to do videos for them, like, there's a few like nicest move and Big Daddy Kane did one for like no delaying and shit, but like you know I, I think that's dope. I that was, I thought that was a joint that would have had a video definitely. Right, you know what I mean. But there was a lot of songs on there. We we were kind of pushing for juggernauts. We wanted to do one with all four of us just killing. Yeah. It, you know what I mean. You know, it's one yeah. one of the main aim. But yeah, um, at any rate, you know we built the album with Fran and Derek and them, and a lot of people ended up who who are great now. We're also on the album Scott Storch. Um, the cat named Mike, I can't remember his last name, but if you've ever seen LL's Unplugged, MTV Unplugged, remember back in the day? Yeah, yeah the deodorant rocking. Yeah, the, the guitarist from that played the old man Jacob's well guitar. Like he's yeah. there just pouring his soul out. We had a band called Inca Jazz and we did an unreleased song with them called Ali and the Devil with like this ill jazz, but uh, Native, Native American indigenous vibe to it. It was just crazy project, man. Dream project, even with all those creative ideas like clashing, you know what I mean? So that was basically the pendulum uh, shopping the deal to a label story right okay. there. Okay, you know I mean? it worked. It is so much. All right, so we're going to jump into some other shit. Um, kind of bring it fast forward a little bit as far as uh, what's, your, what's your take on like this whole 50th anniversary of hip hop. I use that in quote air quotes. Like, where where are you at? Like, just, just, uh, just what you spin on it. Um, I think it's you know, I think it brings around the consciousness and it's bringing around the resurgence of the original elements. You know what I mean? But in that, I've seen you say some things that really shine light on some gaps and what's going on. And I guess it's a it's a good time now that we're hitting the 50 year mark to get some things straight. And maybe go back to some of the original rules and laws of what hip-hop really represents, what it is, what the elements are, what isn't, you know what I mean? Or maybe wanting to whittle its way in, but maybe not finding acceptance with the founders, you know what I mean? With the old school, you know what I mean? So, yeah, hip-hop 50 is almost time of, like, of a meeting of the minds. Like, what is it going to be for the next 50 years? Hmm. You know what I mean? 
I've seen mad b-boys just killing it this year. And I think everybody kind of is reaching some sort of apex in a lot of ways because the energy from hip-hop has just been tumbling, 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 going here, going there. You know what I mean? It's turned into a commercial commodity around the world worth billions of dollars. And, you know, you got people in Asia breaking and popping. And you got these huge battles all over the world going on. And it's just like a whole bunch of energy. So to me, it's a conversation. You know what I mean? And in that conversation, yeah, the DJ. Before we go anywhere, the DJ, man. Right. We don't got no rappers without DJs. Hip-hop was actually about the DJ originally. Right. You know what I mean? The DJ was the focal point. Even if there was rappers on stage, it was really about the DJ originally. Right. You feel me? Yeah. So, that got reversed. They hit the Uno reverse on us. You know what I mean? They made the MC the focal point, and and you you know it's kind of it kind of falls in line with romanticism and in English language and Shakespeare and you know the person who's giving the oratorical speech is is the one that you focus on, and the music's in the background. You know what yeah. I mean? It's that same aesthetic of romanticizing and paraphrasing a concept. Right. But hip hop kind of took that and flipped it. You know what I mean? They mixed it with we mixed it with classical. You know, you got Pee Wee Herman, you got so many different aspects, Real Roxanne and that whole, you know, battle and back and forth between men and women and mind states and mentalities. It was just so many things going in so many different directions originally. So, yeah, take it back to the DJ. If we're going to do a Hip Hop 50, Grandmaster Flash said the same thing. You said, ain't nobody talking about the DJ. Everybody who's televising and being all extra and all front street. You said that too? Yeah, he said it, yo. Check my wall. He said he definitely said it. He's feeling it too. Like, yo, this is out of order. And because it's out of Did order, guess who? All like, what are we? This is my MySpace page, right? Is that my? Is that MySpace page? Say that again. You just say check my wall. That's like MySpace days. My that... IG, my IG. You know, <laughs> check my check my my joint. <laughs> I see it as a wall because I see like I'm putting graffiti up, like Raquel <laughs> writing my name and graffiti on the wall. So it's just a wall to me. But you know where I got my post. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with you. <laughs> Wow, he, he went back. It was a wall. <laughs> it's or, the wall, bro. Wait, so anyway, yeah, ahead. he said the same thing that you said. Let's build off of that. And in turn, once you talk about DJs, you got to start talking about producers. You know what I mean? Producers, back in the day, you had to flip the record over and really go through the notes, the linear notes, to figure out who did what. Like, oh, so-and-so's a great drummer. He played so-and-so on this record. You know what I mean? Or so-and-so programmed the 808s for this. You know what I mean? So... They were also people that didn't really get their salute. You know what I mean? So producers, DJs, you know what I mean? Graph, going all city. You know what I mean? Painting in the Bronx and the train go all the way across to, you know, where his stop is in Brooklyn or whatever and getting that all city, you know, going different boroughs and putting up your, your name, your tag. Important, you know what I mean? Who's all city right now? Yeah, I mean it's 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 we know it's been neglected. So yeah, that's my point that it's it's operating as four independent like silos, right? And Indeed. I think with and within those silos, there's greatness happening, but it's not like and again we're going back to back in the day, like back in my day, you know, they get off the <laughs> right? Like I think we might need to go like reggae sunsplash and just have five days somewhere. Where everybody just goes, Slick Rick goes, and then LL Cool J goes, and then Kumo D goes, and then we move up, and then it turns into, you know, the far side, and me, and, you know, J Rue the Damager, and it just goes, you know what I mean? Every year we do it, and everybody comes together, and, you know, gets on the mic and gives a piece of knowledge that contributes to that structure, you know what I mean? 
Another thing, while we on it, before I slips my mind, perpetrating a fraud. Very important law in hip-hop. You would think it once was. I mean, but <laughs> is, is, is it, is it uh, important anymore? I mean, I don't know. You know, mm -hmm. like, I always see you talking about ghostwriters, you know, and authenticity and lyrics, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then... The but then, says it all, you know? But then some people don't care, though. Like, I, I post that shit, and, and there's people that are like, yo, um, well, you know what's been going on forever. That's the first thing that goes on. You know what's been going on forever. Um, and who cares? I've heard people say, like, you know, nobody can perform it the way they did it. I'm like, yo, you know, I don't know. We talk, you know, so... No bucks, Starsky, et cetera, et cetera. I feel you on that. We came up the same way. I mean, I don't know. Like, man, this is, this is like shit that I was taught that you write your own shit, right? I mean, I think everybody, I don't know. Isn't that what you do? You write your own stuff? It's important. I mean, it's important. It's important even if it's, uh, you got people who take in parts that are written by somebody else. It's important, I think, to have a gauge on it. You know what I mean? Because what happens is you lose the actual essence of who the MC is. If somebody's putting words in your mouth, now you kind of being like a ventriloquist where somebody's in the back with their hand up, and they just, hang, 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 and you spitting it out. And people sort of can get a sense of that. You know what I mean? If you're right. putting out records and going on stage and you're pouring out something that's not really you. You know what I mean? Right, right. And, it's, and it's come out on stage for certain artists where people were like, oh, man, boppy, boppy. We've seen beef about this, ghostwriting, and he didn't write his part, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, so, you know, I think it's important, but at the same time, it's all about the needle drop at the end of the day. You know what I mean? When, when that needle drops on it and then you get this, that's what they snap into, bro. You know what I mean? That's all I care about, bro. I put that joint on and it had the cadence and it had the flow and it had the dip then and it took me there. And that's one of my favorite songs. And don't you dare diss it. And it's crazy because if there's a bias there, and that's why I want to go back to bias. <clears throat> Something they teach you in science, you know what I mean? I went to back to school and, and got a, a degree in information architecture. And one thing they teach you about bias is that people are biased according to their goals. Bias, again, like back in the day with the cassette tapes, is noise. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to make sense. It's just static information. Sometimes we might create static information because we don't want to get uh, conflicted about something. You know what I mean? So... That's why people will get so mad and, and diss you, and you might be speaking to them and acknowledging them, but their favorite artists don't even speak to them, man. They see that dude in the street, be like, yo, what's up, man? What's up? Gets in his car and drives off. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. psychologically, they're ready to cut you off, and you're giving them the time of day to give them give their opinion. You hear them out even sometimes, and you know, yeah, yeah, nay, if you don't like it, you don't like it. And it turns into a thing where they really cut somebody, kill somebody, threaten somebody, you know, insult and call names and all of that because of their difference of opinion and you diss their favorite artist. You know what I mean? And to me, that's deep. But it's based on that bias that people are biased according to their goals. The goal isn't to lean your way now and say, you know what? Now that I listen to him again, I can see why you have that opinion. That's not the goal. So in turn, a noise is going to be created. You know what? He a punk. Yeah, this, yeah, that. You know what? If I see you in person, you got it, you got it, IG fingers. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it turns into because that bias, that noise is getting bigger and bigger in their minds. And there's, there's another area in society right now where that's real hot, and that's the Karens. You know what I mean? The Karens are so biased that, you know, they do certain things and you see it on camera and you just in disbelief that the person was creating that type of noise, static noise in their mind where they were insulting somebody about a dog or, you know, black people being in their neighborhood. And, 
et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? So bias is important. And by people not writing their own lyrics, sometimes that's what happens. You know what I mean? I love that song no matter what. I don't care if you have five people in there giving him all the lyrics. Yeah, He's yeah. the greatest artist of all time. Like, wait, how can he be the greatest of all time if he can't authentically write anything from his own perspective? And maybe he can, but the fact that he did that, wouldn't that sort of deter away from that? But these are arguments that we have to debate and happily move along, not become enemies because, you know what I mean? We're not feeling the same artist the same way. Absolutely. Yo, so check. We got 15 minutes left because I got another show right after this. I was going by fast. Wow. It's crazy. So we're going we're we're to boom, boom through some of these joints because I want to make sure I don't get left fucking hanging with Mad. Let's go. Launch the missiles, fam. Launch them. We hot right so, now. We hot. We're on, the top, we're on the clock. So uh, somebody, my man asked, uh, I don't know if he's still here. He said, uh, what, what's inspiring you now? My man, be realistic. Pull that shit. We'll continue to inspire you right now um god man you know what i mean god showed me a lot of things when i was getting signed when we were recording god sound some of it made it onto the records you know what i mean um, on the way to the label we're going through 53rd and 5th avenue with this long escalator it's like these two long escalators back then look like heaven and hell like if you're on this side going up and they going down you're like yo y'all going to hell that's how long this escalator was so when you get up to the top you go through this, this section and it's just 666 all over this building in red letters. And these little window panes on the trash cans on the front door, 666, 666. Like, yo, what is this? And why is it being promoted? Because, you know, back in the day, you know, our parents kind of instilled in us that that was, you know, the mark of the beast. It's an evil number. It represents wickedness, mankind, mankind, mankind. No God really, really involved. Satanic, demonic energy. You know what I mean? So we were kind of shocked that this building you know, it's kind of promoting it. And then when you came outside up at the top in big red big glowing lights, which came on at night in New York City, it's 666, the top of the building. So we're like, yo, what is this? So we started researching it. Like, yo, we want to find out who's doing this and why they did it and what are they trying to say? You know what I mean? It turns out it's this company called Tishman Realty. Google it, look them up. They build things. The building ended up turning into Citibank. You know what I mean? And has like Victoria's Secret NBA store, all this huge stuff goes on around 53rd and 5th Avenue. Anyway, um, a lot of that knowledge got sort of uh, quantized into the music, you know what I mean, into some of the messages and songs once we were uh, coming around things. And our friend Dwight Robinson, rest in peace, he passed away not too long ago, um, was from the SDA church. He was also giving us information. Like, yeah, in the future it'd be bad to eat meat. And it seemed crazy at the time, but now with GMO and all of this stuff going on, it's like, you know, some of the things he was saying was real pertinent. Yeah, read Revelations 13. No one will be able to buy a cell who had the mark, which I knew about. My parents were always talking to me about, you know, the Bible and Revelations in the last days. So I knew about the mark of the beast, but by all, this, all these things culminating at that time, it was just like knowledge that we were trying to put into the music. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's just, yeah. What was the question? What? inspires you so yeah god inspires me vex the vortex um is inspired by job 38 um verse one which is a verse that says and god spoke to job from the whirlwind and said so that's my inspiration you know what i mean to get something going from the vortex i always thought it was interesting that even back two thousand three thousand years ago whirlwinds were a text or a word and something that it's probably original language. Whatever that 
word was represented by, because, you know, it's paraphrasing English, it still represents some sort of whirlwind, vortex. And I imagine God is always trying to pull us closer to him as we live down here on earth in real time. So that's, you know, one another part of my inspiration. And just trying to um, keep a standard, like we were just talking about, you know, bringing some of the, the framework of the original hip-hop culture and making it strong and keeping it strong so things don't get as diluted as we see. You know what I mean? We got a lot of female rappers coming out and they're leaning real hard towards, you know, almost like what what they think men want. They're putting it in songs, you know what I mean? And the dances is getting hotter and getting raw and it's just like some things are just leaning hip-hop in all these different weird ways. So I'm here for that. They're trying to keep the standard like, yo, he's an MC. He's not considered one of the greats. He's humble. He never tried to go up there and say he's the number one best rapper and battle everybody. You know, he was like, rock him. He showed up here. He showed up there. He did his thing. And, and in that, when we look at his message, he was giving us some things that were setting trends, that were creating conversations, that were like writing on the wall, that caused some people to have changes in their lives. You know, he gave us, it. and, you know, me and my boys would say that when we would pull up on each other, all of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The love of hip hop. You know what I mean? So when 100 years from now, if they let us stay recorded, because it seems like a lot of stuff's getting erased. You know what I mean? A lot of good aspects are getting taken away. You know, um, hopefully that stays. So, yeah, inspiration comes from God, the Most High. John gives me them words, man. That's what my, well, what my freestyles are. I couldn't do it without him kind of sending me that gift. So, All right. so yeah. I want to go further with this. So, I mean, it's because I'm so curious. So, in your eyes, I mean, we'll just finish off with this and maybe have to do whatever. In your eyes, what does what does God look like? You can't you can't see God. You can't see God. Nah, His goodness and His greatness is so bright. His countenance is bright that you'll be blinded. You know what I mean? Like Moses went up on the mountain, supposedly saw God, and it blew him back, and his hair turned gray. Like we humans, man, and we flesh and blood, and we're talking about something that is not necessarily derived or consisting of flesh and blood so when you get in front of it and with with our sinful selves and these you know bodies that we do sin we you know create sin with and it's in front of a sinless thing you will be knocked down and struck out by the great goodness and brightness in front of you another example is back in the day uh the priests would have to go into the most holy place and you got the holy place which is a part of the you know holy tabernacle and then you got the most holy place so when he went into the most holy place, he had to put bells on, on his outfit, you know what I mean? And they tie a rope around his waist. So when he goes into the most holy place to take the sins of the, the, the community into the, into the temple, if he had sinned or if something he had did wrong about this situation, like he thought wrong about one of these people or something, he would be struck down and they would hear the bells. <laughs> they pull him out with the rope. <laughs> He had to keep going back and doing it again until, you know, things were right and correct and true and correct, much like hip-hop. Until things are true and correct, we're going to get all these deviances. So, yeah, so, that's so, what it is. Yeah, so, that's awesome. So, I, I can't, you and I are going to have to, like, really build on, on, on that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I got y'all again. Yeah. So yeah, so that's, that's, that's offline. All right. So, we got uh, eight minutes left. Um, Quick question. What are you listening to right now, as far as hip-hop-wise? Um, 
stuff, new stuff. I mean, like, just anything. What do you, what, what, what is Vex vibing to? I was really checking out Kendrick for a hot second. You know what I mean? He was giving a lot of eclectic, like, uh, perspectives on how to spit, what to spit. He's in a situation where I think he's kind of finding himself. So, like, he's been compelling for, like, the last, you know, last couple albums to me. I always play old stuff, you know what I mean? Um, I listen to a lot of uh, Tribe, you know what I mean? Mob Deep. I think about Prodigy a lot, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. at a certain point. Huge loss. Huge loss. Yeah, man. He was, he was just like good MC. A lot of stuff going in a lot of different directions for the bro, you know what I mean? So, yeah, Mob Deep, I like listening to them. Uh, have it got the real ill production. I'm I have it uh, bumped into me when I used to live in Best Eye, you know what I mean? He was in the store. You know, me, me and my lady at the time, bang, he's there. Yo, what's up, bro? Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? So I always like this production. Um, J. Rue, uh, Far Side. Uh, I, I've been seeing Souls of Mischief, you know, doing the rounds, blowing up the spot. So I've been playing them, bumping them. You know what I mean? Um, and then I'm just trying to keep my, my head clear. I do got a project I'm possibly working on, an all beatbox album. You know what I mean? That was... That's what's been sorting in my mind for like a couple years now. But it's just been fuzzy ideas. And rather than try to force myself into a space where I'm going to create it in three weeks and do this and do that, I've just been kind of letting it build itself like Legos inside my head until I feel like I got the segues and I got the songs and I got a concept. So the concept is the fallout shelter. Somewhere you go where everything's stripped down. It's just the bare essence of things. You know, you might hear some steps, wet, wet stairway. <laughs> Going into it. Here's somebody clicking some, hooking up some equipment. Okay. You on the uh yeah, you was doing the beatboxing and shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I used to I used to hold down the cipher with that too. You right. know what I mean? The other cats had to rap. Right. I would do that. I would do the beatbox right. part. You're, about, you're, so. you're coming out. Vex the Vortex, Boogie Monsters, is coming out with an all beatbox album. Well, y'all let me know. Is this something you will support? That's something else that's been in my head. Well, people really want to hear that. You know what I mean? And what if I can't be perfectly quiet about it? That's another thing. Like where I live. You know, I'm kind of high up, so if a siren goes off, you might get that in my mic. You know what I mean? Will people, will people mind that? I'm you know what I mean? This with the five minutes we have left, with, you know, with, with the shorter. The thing is, I tell artists now, it's, it's not about, yeah, there's a core of people that will support that, and that's who artists need to rock with now. It's not about, like, if Boogie Monsters blew up, and, every, you know, I saw you, and people saw you in Seattle, or whatever, you traveled, and this and that. Now it's like, as an artist, get your core audience and cater to them. Yeah. And, 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 and do what you do, and they'll support you because they want your physicals, they want your merch, and all that stuff like that. So, so to answer your question, yes, it's just, you know, you need to make sure that you have the audience. Like, so if you have the audience of people that are buying your merch and stuff like that, you know, do a poll on your page and ask. You know what I mean? I think it'd be dope. I personally would support it. And I know my man um, that I'm about to do a show with in four minutes, Save the Hip Hop Culture, he uh, would support it too. An all beatboxed album from Vex the Vortex, like on some, and you already, yo, you on your, you on your like zany thinking. Voldemort, Voldemort. And I mean, Voldemort. in a good way. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm always trying to think of different angles and give creativity. Exactly. Oh, man, Jacobs Well is creative. You know what I mean? I want to be creative with y'all. He said, make it animated, beatbox the soundtrack. That's the thing. Yeah, it'd be rhyming. It'd be different vibes. It'd be something that you never heard before done with the beatbox. You know what I mean? Just be like trying new things. I know you only got a couple minutes. So, yeah, thinking about it. And, yeah, um, it had to come together first before I would even ask anybody. And it's do just it. been coming together. Do it. Do it. Right, don't think about it. Just do it. Yeah, listen. You could die. Listen, you could die tomorrow. Straight up, I could die tomorrow. I, I, you know, I, it is what it is. This is how this life is crazy. And 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 I was just, I just witnessed a car accident like right next to me. And it, Man, it, but it didn't happen. You know, just like didn't well, happen. You know, it wasn't well, for you. It wasn't your night. It, so yeah, you're right. You got to do it while you got time. And the only time we really promised is right now. Tomorrow might not happen. Do it. So, all right, I'm gonna put it together. Do it. And, put it together. and here's the thing: if you don't finish, it, like I don't, it, it's about that for me. It's just, it's just about doing it. Like, I'm do, I'm in working doing several projects right now. If I could die tomorrow, I'm like, yo, I li I'm living my life. I am no living. Doubt. You know what I'm saying? So, do it. And, I, and your fans would, your fans will definitely support it. Yo, and that's, and that's our message to y'all. If you got an idea, do it. You hear what he's telling me? It applies to y'all too. Hip hop is just different. We all in different modes, but it's the same blueprint. Everybody, do what you got to do. Come to the table with something. And we need that right now. Fifty years of hip hop. If we gonna make it a thing, everybody come together and let's do something man, and show them that it don't got to be the way that the industry sets it up to be. You know what I mean? I'm gonna put this out here. We should, uh, we should do this maybe like quarterly or something. Wow. Just, just build, because there's like, because there's different things there. I mean, I got questions. Just you know, as far as you know, state of the game today, different things like that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, just just different things, and and just more, and more so, more on like the um, the spiritual side of things, and, and a lot of stuff like that. So, damn, like, that's so humbling, man. That's honoring, man. Should, I, I don't even know what to say, bro. Thank well, you, man. Thank <laughs> you, man. <laughs> I'm willing. So, if you ready, whenever you want to rock, if my device holds up. I mean, I'm having a little issues with it, but hopefully I have a new one soon. Yeah. Buy two albums, y'all. You know what I mean? <laughs> Diddy. Yeah, we about we gotta get out of here. We about to do um uh we about to do a show, the after party where the people save the hip hop culture. It's called the breakdown. I'm cool. Like, so we're breaking we're breaking down four classic tracks. We're breaking down um uh radio, LL Cool J, 93 until infinity. And then, uh, the bridge and the bridge is over, so we're gonna get into that, 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 that oh, a little bit. So, yeah, rock with us, and uh, thank you, Vex. We'll get this up on the YouTube. We'll talk soon, man, and I appreciate it, man. No doubt, peace, y'all. God bless, man. I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, too. Family, be good. All right, Juan. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Salute.